Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Tonight, we are going to be, I did not realize this, live on Rockfin. Did you realize this was going to be a live show? No, not until this very moment. (laughs) Are you prepared for that? I think I'll be all right. (laughs) See, it takes me a lot longer to get ready for a video than it takes me to get ready for an audio. But we are going to be on the Legit Bat podcast on Rockfin live streaming tonight at six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern. Is that what your records reflect, Binkley? That is what my records of what you just (laughs) stated reflect. What you just jotted down in the wake of my saying so. So I'm pretty sure that's right. I could probably check, but that would make my uh, connection go completely. Yeah, it's usually, I think that's when they do it. Anyway, well, you can see if you go to the legit bat Rockfin, it's already up there. And uh, I got a couple of more live things going on. We have some. We are doing... Uh, our DNBXR live on Rockfin tomorrow, Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern. Then I'm going to do a locals live stream where I am going to show people how to make my all-natural, no-sugar, least likely to give you a hangover, gin and tonic, which I discovered when I had the illness that shall not be named, I I had to feel better in every way. So here I've got a natural gin and tonic for you. I'm going to make in person live on locals. And you can actually tune into that free. You can't chit chat. I'm going to chit chat, converse, Q&A, whatever you want. But you can go to properport.locals.com. I think you have to sign up, but you can watch without paying, which is nice. And And possibly find a drink that is least likely to give you a hangover, which is something that every man and woman is in pursuit of. Yes, and I can tell you why. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. And also, if you just want to watch voyeuristically and drink wine out of a box, like we do not judge. We're not there to judge. So, I, I'm Binkley, you're welcome with your power aid and your... I'm drinking lots of wine out of boxes. <laughs> That's probably not as bad as Jim Beam and Powerade. <laughs> so, but it's not, it's not, it's definitely going to be a little more elevated than that on my end, but you don't have to. And then we are having a Zoom party on Saturday. I'm really excited excited about. It's an emotional wellness Zoom party. People are going to come to us with myself, including I will lead the way with our strategies to have endured these past two years of tyrannical torture and still keep smiling and feel good and happy. So I've gotten so much feedback that people are coming locked and loaded with their their tips and experiences. People are really excited to share the positivity. I think we're also going to talk about some of the mental health challenges that you may be experiencing people in your family, whatever. So a lot, most of it will be private forever. So you can come and not fear that. And if you want to do that, be a patron saint. And you can even do, if you're a Rockman subscriber or a local subscriber, you can get a special deal on being a patron saint if you email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. And that is all I got for the housekeeping. Let's go to our top story of the day. All right. Well, Trump's new social media platform, Truth Social, is currently going through beta testing. And while the public cannot access the platform yet, Donald Trump Jr. has shared 
with the world a screenshot of his dad's first post to the new platform. The post from the former president says, get ready, exclamation point. Your favorite president. We'll see you soon. <laughs> so they're gearing up. They're getting excited. The site is expected to officially launch as early as this upcoming Monday, President's Day. And they're doing some very meme advertising in promoting this new site. The what? advertising, oh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. advertising mock-up screenshots, they mock Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, and they show an image of a made-up true social user named Jack's Beard with the handle at <laughs> Jack and a message posted by this user demanding a powerful user's account be censored and removed. <laughs> so taking some jabs at Jack, everything is a meme right now. Ukraine, they talk about how Ukraine is like the memeiest country, how they're fighting this war with memes, and they talk about how Oh, memetic warfare! Yes, they talk about how the Cincinnati Bengals are the most meme team in the NFL, the team that was just in the Super Bowl and lost. This is part of the new war. Along with the cyber war, we have the memetic Medic war that you have often mentioned, and True Social is about to be a new face of the meme war. I am going to put in the show notes this 152-page slideshow about, it's called Military Memetics, a tutorial. It was from October 2011, and this is where I have my oft-repeated line that you can use memes to enhance dysfunctional subcultures. We've seen that happen a lot, but it's a really interesting keeper for the show notes there. I'm also wondering if Trump's tweets or whatever he called, what are they, truths, are going to be riddled with typos. Why, to draw in users? Well, just because he was completely incompetent to tweet for 10 years, he couldn't put a single sentence together without ridiculous typos. You know, that's a good point. I think that a lot of that was to bait the media into mocking the spelling errors because it's always pretentious when people do that. And it made them seem uppity and focusing on things that didn't matter. I'm sure there's other reasons for that as well, but it always made Colbert and all those other late night people just look like uppity in their high towers in the sky, just pretentious bastards, pardon my yeah. language, when they would make fun of it all the time. But personally, I feel like it is so below the standard of any person of any kind of accomplishment to put out public messages that are read by tens of millions of people that have an impact around the world. It's it's grossly irresponsible. And I would dare say, speaking in his terms, unpatriotic to have that sloppy a Twitter feed. I can think it was nothing but intentional. Oh, I think it was intentional also. I think it was definitely yeah, intentional. I think it also goes along with this. We saw a lot of the news networks doing broadcast as though they didn't have a production van at their house. This is the beginning of COVID right. where it seemed like their audio was bad, their lighting was bad. That was to try and yes. be more relatable to the TikTok and nature of live streaming. I think the same, something is going on there with the misspellings. Somewhere. Yes, I think they were probably trying to tap into the momentum of podcasts, maybe also look like they didn't have a bunch of people there because of COVID or whatever. And I think we can't even say that word anymore because... I tried to live stream, set up a live stream for us. And a lot of times we'll just, we'll record something. We'll put it right to YouTube. YouTube won't let me live stream anymore. Really? Yes. Yeah. I know we got kicked off last week. We got, we're, we have two strikes. So anyway, no, no more of that. So we'll put, yeah. we'll put 
the we'll put our videos, our free videos on Rumble from now on. But anyway, uh, so yes, moving on to the next story. I've yeah, got did some. You it's see like the we news? both have the same story. I yeah. just have a little bit here. You probably have more here, but Allison Gallist has resigned from CNN just two weeks after Zucker pulled out. I hate it of when you say CNN. That. Yeah, after yeah. Zucker was released from CNN. No. And in a memo to staffers Tuesday evening, resigned. Warner Media said that she resigned after an investigation into issues associated with former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo and his brother Andrew. And the investigation found violations <laughs> of company policies, including CNN, CNN's new standards and practices by uh, Jeff Zucker, Allison, and Chris Cuomo. Now, a couple of things I want to comment on here. One, the CNN headline for this story was top CNN exec resigns as Warner media chief accuses her and former network boss of standards violation. So they try to disassociate the love affair that those two had in the headline. And also they mentioned that the CNN news standards and practices, there was also violations found there. You might recall that we deconstructed a panel discussion from the council on foreign relations that was moderated by the CNN head of news standards and practices, who was wondering if we were going to call NATO in to come into the United States, NATO forces to stop QAnon disinformation, people who question the election. Well, I can pick up exactly where you left off there because, yes, it's weird how they worded that. Now, at the same time, Cuomo, who is seeking a multi-million dollar settlement from CNN after his being fired, wrote in a statement to the Wall Street Journal through a spokesperson. He didn't write it himself, but this was yesterday, maybe. Uh, they press they are pressing Warner Media to release details of the internal investigation uh, that his scandal sparked like that with the Zucker thing, I think it says it is clear. This is a quote. It is clear this was never about an undisclosed relationship. As Mr. Cuomo has stated previously, Mr. Zucker and Ms. Gallist were not only entirely aware, not only entirely aware, but fully supportive of what he was doing to help his brother. And they want to know when Warner Media is going to release the results of its explanation and explain its supposed basis for terminating Cuomo. Now, here's another wrinkle. Okay, so Cuomo saying those guys were fired because they were in on it. So I shouldn't have been fired when I was doing what they want. And remember, Allison Gallist works for Andrew Cuomo. So I, I would be surprised if they weren't in on it. I think they hired Cuomo. I mean, I think they were in that. Um, okay, Definitely. so I will say that I am very interested in, in what the standards agency yeah. in CNN did, because when you have the head of standards moderating a discussion with a former CIA agent who was planted in Facebook <laughs> to moderate disinformation oh, yeah. and they're oh, trying to yeah. create world policy. And now we see that they are part of this Cuomo scandal. That was so crazy. That's right. That chick, that Facebook chick who was there for political standards was a lifer at the CIA. And she was being interviewed for the CFR meeting by the CNN head of standards. Yeah. That's yeah. who that was. Wow. OK, so here's a little salacious gossip, I guess, or maybe it plays into the larger picture. But there's a headline on The Hill and elsewhere today. Chris Cuomo faced assault allegations before CNN departure. So the New York Times is reporting that CNN's lawyers in December received a letter from an attorney 
for a woman claiming Chris Cuomo had sexually assaulted her years ago. And usually I will take that stuff for a grain of salt with a grain of salt because they just people will pile onto that stuff. It says, though, here that the woman who was not named said that in 2011, she and Cuomo both worked at ABC and the anchor invited her to his office for lunch. She says that during the meeting, Cuomo badgered her for sex. And after she declined, he assaulted her and she ran out of the room. So the Times, New York Times, spoke with five friends and former colleagues who said that the woman did tell them about it after the incident. And to me, that's the clincher. It's when you tell somebody about the incident at that time or have it in a a diary that can be verified, it really lends credibility. Uh, There was a prominent attorney wrote in the same letter to CNN. She's the one who wrote it, uh, Deborah Katz. She was writing on the woman's behalf that Cuomo had contacted the woman during the height of the Me Too movement and proposed arranging a CNN segment about the company the woman was currently working as a PR agent. Now, the lawyer says, and this is interesting to me, because if we say stuff like this, we're conspiracy freaks. But of course, this is how things work. The lawyer thinks that after years without any substantive communication from Mr. Cuomo to this woman, uh, Ms. Doe, they're calling her, suspected that he was really just concerned about her coming forward publicly with her allegations because he knew damn well what he did. And he wanted to use this segment as an opportunity to test the waters with her or maybe even discourage her from going on the record about his misconduct. Now, Cuomo is denying all of this. But to me, this really has the sound of truth. Well, yeah. And Chris Cuomo comes off as that type of person. I almost feel like their defense is going to be, well, it was in the fine print if you read your contract at CNN that if you interact with Chris Cuomo, he's going to pressure you, badger you for sex and then maybe assault you if if you do not give in. Yes. The the employee named Gropey was actually Chris Cuomo. Yes. Very, very tiny fine print. (laughs) Well, good morning. More on more uh, salacious gossip. This this isn't gossip, this next story. This comes straight from Biden's mouth. So, Oh, really? Yeah, I watched the speech he gave yesterday. We know that he's a unifier, right? And he's a dog guy, depending on the dog. Some He's a dog guy if he likes a dog, and the dog is nice and easy. He's a very disloyal... Right, disloyal he's, dog He's guy. a fair-weather dog guy. Yeah. So during an address yesterday at the National association of counties legislative conference he told a crowd that he understands how hard the job they have is and then he recalled a story about his time serving on the newcastle county council back in 1970 he was 27 at the time when he just had just gotten into politics he tells a story of a woman who was not of the same political persuasion as him who called to tell him that there was a dead dog in her front yard that she wanted removed that night she said she called the county but no one was there so she called biden who gave out used to give out his phone number he said biden told her that they'll come get it in the morning she said to him i pay pay your salary i want it removed tonight so biden goes over there and then when he gets personally yeah then when he gets over there she says she wants it out of her yard so biden picks it up picks up the dead dog according to him and instead of removing it from her front yard He takes the dog over and leaves it on her front doorstep. This is a story he tells at this (laughs) meeting. Why? The crowd just laughs and laughs after he tells it. 
He's telling a funny story from his past, talking about how difficult these constituents are to what deal the, with. This was, what, what kind of a meeting was this? This was a, a conference. It was a National Association of Counties Legislative Conference. So he's oh, talking to local yeah, legislators. insiders. Wow. Yes. Yeah, he was and, talking to politicians. Right. And they're all laughing. He's laughing. trying to relate to them. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing. And then he says, I've gotten much better since then. And he said another interesting thing right after that. He said, I used to give out my phone number. They don't even let me have a phone anymore, which brings me back to Trump tweeting. Wait a minute. He didn't have a phone. Biden didn't have a phone. Obviously, we know they're not tweeting their own tweets. Somebody's a communication team. I don't remember this. Well, you mentioned Trump and tweeting and misspellings a moment ago. Oh, yeah. His tweets come from five different devices. And he doesn't. Most people tweet on phones, right? So if Biden doesn't have a phone, where are his tweets coming from? We know they're not coming from him, but him saying that I thought was interesting. They don't even let him have a phone. However, my main takeaway from the story is: is are are you kidding me? I've played a lot of pranks on people when I was in my twenties, and never did I leave a dead dog on somebody's porch. That is interesting, though, that he doesn't have a phone, and he said they don't let him drive. Yep. So, yeah, Trump was on the road when his tweets were coming out. He presumably he didn't have a phone either, and he he admitted not having a computer when he took office. Yeah, yeah. Biden's got no phone. You can't call him up and ask him to remove the dead dog. So actually, by coincidence, my next story talks about what you can expect from your government, what you should be able to expect. So finish it, and I'll do mine. The media reported on this as, oh, that was just Biden when he was in his twenties. And he's he was the better. youngest congressman ever at that time. He's 27 years old, so it's okay that he went over to a rival, somebody who is in the rival party and left a dead dog, who he was is supposed to represent, and left a dead dog on her right. porch. That's okay. Yeah, Can you imagine just, if Trump did that when he was younger? Well, the way it would be reported? I think he has some mob ties, so I'm guessing. Of course, but, but like the that. point is... <laughs> To, they just they went really yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's you can't kind of a really sick thing. It is. It's a really sick and gross thing. And you're definitely supposed to represent the people you represent. It's yeah. not you don't just represent I mean, that's the mob people stuff who voted right there. Dead dog on the porch. Wow. So okay. So there is a. Did you ever hear of this? It's a kind of freedom loving or more right wing or whatever version of GoFundMe. Have you heard of Give Send Go? It's like a Christian charity type I just of thing. heard of it in relation Today. to the Freedom Convoy. Yeah. This okay. week, yeah. This week, okay. So the headline was Give See Give Send Go Hackers, or this is my headline, uh, were my summary of the story. Give Send Go Hackers were doxing Freedom Convoy contributors who were then being terrorized. So as far as the Freedom Convoy, the truckers in Ottawa, they are I consider that to be the January 6th for them. Then, and I said from the beginning that, like, for example, what they use, they use January 6th for a lot of things here, which was especially putting your pictures up on Facebook of being there. If you did that, they came to your house. Even nobody I know who got a visit from, nobody I know saw anything bad there except for one person who thought that some agents provocateur. She didn't realize that's what it was. But like, I don't understand why these guys were faking and lying and yelling and whatever. Like it was weird. I'm like, that was not weird. Those are agents provocateur. But sh- so 
there's nothing in the videos that people were putting up yet. If you put videos up and somebody ratted on you or you're in somebody else's video, they were coming to your house. So what did that do? In my opinion, specifically for January 6th, that was designed to make sure that nobody put up their videos, even if they were peaceful, because it would have shown how peaceful the demonstration was. Right. So you probably cannot find regular people's iPhone videos on January 6th anywhere and in, in the public right now, my guess is that they literally got tens of thousands of people to chill themselves. So in the same vein, they are keeping you from funding protests and they're doing it through threat of doxing, terrorism, intimidation. Now, the FBI can't come arrest you for giving money if you weren't there. Except for they're saying that they are supporting illegal activity. So maybe that'll be the next step that you're aiding and abetting criminals. If it all goes into a pool and one person who receives it or is in a party to it is committing crimes. So it's definitely chilling for your ability to support a cause that isn't part of the official narrative. But I thought it was interesting what the founder of Give, Send, Go, his name is... Jacob Wells, and he had a couple of things to say. He he doesn't seem to have the absolute best grammar, but he's I like his words. We haven't heard, and we will be reaching out because they need to be taking proactive measures themselves to go after people that are engaged in this type of illicit, illegal behavior, referring to the FBI, making sure that pe- here's what relates to the Biden thing, making sure that people are held accountable to it and you know we can do what we can do for our platform but this is why we have regulatory agencies investigative agencies this is the role of government to perform these investigations when crime happens now taken at face value taken on what your sold government is there for yes that's right and generally they do that stuff just to keep people thinking that's what they're there for. But I think we're seeing more and more that they are there to suppress our rights, just like the media is there to suppress the news. They are there to make sure that you can't exercise your right of self-defense. They can use their power in the service of of Big Pharma, for example. And uh, he says he's got more to say. He says, I think this highly, highly coordinated, very, very sophisticated hacking group that have led a very, very targeted purpose. It's impossible to read his stuff Um, (laughs) in what we were trying to do. I hate the position people have found themselves in. This is the moment for people to rally, not to be intimidated, to say, yes, I support freedom. Yes, I support peaceful protests. A hundred percent. It's the bedrock of democracy. And it's the side that's opposing this. That's really a group of terrorists. They're instilling terror. That's their goal. So regular Joe Jacob Wells with his tortured grammar is absolutely hundred percent articulating what is true about this. Absolutely. That is a strategy of terror. There's no doubt about that. That that is exactly, exactly right. All right. Well, before we get to our deepest. Sorry. I had had such a long beginning with all those announcements at the beginning that I thought we could do a few more minutes. Okay. Well, the story might take take a minute. Okay. Well, then... Let's uh we can save it for save tomorrow. It for the XR? You want to save it for the XR? Yeah, you have, you have for, a lot for the XR too. Yeah, yeah. We'll save it for Well, the tell XR. us what the story is about. Let's tease it to well, tomorrow. Well, it's a story later. about 
democratic ownership economy, which from my understanding is essentially socialism, communist economy, and how the metaverse and the institutions are the institutions are using the metaverse to backdoor us into this democratic ownership economy. Very, very interesting. That will certainly spur some conversation because I already have thoughts on it. So I yes, know, let's I knew save you it would. so we I have more time. knew you would. Yeah, so before we do get to that deepest dive of the day where we get to the bottom of the president of Ukraine's backstory, is Zelensky a created person? I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is we're going to talk about that democratic ownership economy. And we're also going to talk about when is your DNA not your DNA and a PETA experiment shows how AR technology will be used in the future. It's very, very interesting, and I'm going to put some screenshots of what they did in the show notes as well. I think you might want to check that out. I also want to give a thank you to our sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science, truehempscience.com. They are your CBD experts. What makes True Hemp Science different is that they create handcraft quality, full-spectrum CBD products by sourcing the highest-grade hemp from around the world. My personal favorite product is their Acapulco Gold Lotion with hemp extract. I love their t-shirts also. I love their hats. I am now a CBD fan. I was not before because I didn't understand it and I didn't have the right products that catered to what I needed. But what's really great about them is if you contact them, email them, go to their site, they will work with you and help you understand how the products work and they will answer any questions you have so that you can find exactly what it is that you need. And I know, Monica, you have some experience. I absolutely love it. I especially like the nano emulsified stuff with turmeric. It actually tastes good. And I just swapped out my glass of wine after dinner during the week with a few drops of the CBD oil and I sleep like a rock and I feel like it elevates my mood the next day. Yeah, it's crazy because it doesn't really it doesn't get you high at all. No, it doesn't. But they have such a unique understanding of it. It really is eye-opening when you start to learn more about it. And yeah. thank you to True Hemp Science for helping me learn more. Great people, great product. Promo code, prop code, truehempscience.com. And also, if you have not yet, check us out on Rockfin. Rockfin is an emerging video platform where you can find the stuff that YouTube will not allow anymore. It's a pro-liberty, <laughs> pro-free speech platform. And when you sign up through the Propaganda Report page, you get ad-free Drive Time News Blast XR Monday through Wednesday with the DMB XR live streamed with video every Thursday. That portion is exclusively on Rockfin. <clears throat> you get all new Propaganda Report deep dives where we deconstruct the clips of the global elite laying out their world domination plans, which I mentioned one earlier, where the head of standards at CNN was interviewing a former CIA agent who was a plant inside <laughs> Facebook monitoring disinformation. It's really mind-boggling. It I'll put a crazy. link to that in the show notes. You also get all of our interviews there posted early release with video when that is available on Rockfin and you also get all of the Rockfin content from all of the Rockfin creators, which is fantastic because there's a lot of great creators on there including Sam Tripoli, Whitney Webb, Jimmy Dore, The Mad Ones, Legit bat. Lots of fantastic creators on there. All of this for just $9.99 a month. Check it out. It's a fantastic deal. Subscribe today at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And now on to our deepest dive of the day. Okay. So I'm trying to get my deepest dives a little more buttoned up. But when you go down the rabbit hole, they get so complicated. But I, I think I've got this one um encapsulated okay so vladimir zelensky is the current president of ukraine and you probably know a little bit about his kooky backstory right yeah he was a comedian and a, a tv yeah. show actor yes so 
he but his he, he comes from a pretty educated background. I think he was a smart cookie. His dad was a cybernetics professor. Oh, and interesting. At the, yeah. At the age of 16, he took. Now, what is English. cybernetics? We should. Uh, Here, I'll give I forget. You is cybernetics like how how like computing thinks basically? Cybernetics is a wide ranging field concerned with regulatory and purpose purposive systems. The core concepts of cybernetics is circular causality or feedback where the observed outcome of actions are taken as inputs for further action in ways that support the pursuit of maintenance very of particular it's AI. conditions. Sounds like AI. It's like a study of collective behavior, self-organizing. It's like a study of everything almost. Of how everything affects everything else. Oh, it's it has very, nothing to do with AI? I think it does because AI yeah. affects the world. Yeah, so it's I think very it's broad the way you said that it's like if it takes feedback and uses that to prompt future action, that's exactly what AI is, right? I think like so. Like a neural net or whatever. So very interesting. Um, yeah, so that's what he was. And then at around 16, Zelensky took an English language test and he was accepted to a scholarship of study in Israel, which the father wouldn't let him do. So he went to school. I guess he went to college, the kind of college that'll give you a law degree. Did you want to make a comment? Yes, I found a simpler definition. Okay. It says here that the most well-known definition is one by a person named Norbert Wiener, who characterized cybernetics as concerned with control and communication in the animal and the machine. Fair enough. All right. So this guy, so he went to, I guess, um, College that has a law degree, There's, they do that a lot in Europe. I know somebody in Sweden who got kind of an undergrad and law degree at the same time by the time she was 22. That's what Zelensky got. So he's a lawyer. He went to law school. But instead of going to into law, he became, he started an entertainment company or an improv troupe at a pretty young age, which became wildly successful, like the most successful entertainment group in Ukraine. And he had that for some years. Then it's a very similar background to me, except I didn't become a president. Yeah, well, did you found a the most popular entertainment? No, not group the most in popular, America? but I was in some pretty popular improv groups, and I went there well, and did that instead of law school. He, oh, I see. Yeah, okay. So he then merged his organization with Kolomoisky, who is he literally has a Shark Tank in his office. <laughs> like literally he's fucking psycho and so he and he owns uh like a media empire tv show tv networks and stuff like that cole moisky so in 2012 Zelensky did a joint venture with him or merged with his group and then okay so that was in 2012 so they're idling in the corner in 2014 so there was a big coup the u.s executed a coup in ukraine coup in ukraine in 2014, I think, or 2015, they actually got a a new elected president. So we got rid of the elected president through a coup. That guy was Yanukovych. And then we put in a placeholder, Yatsenyuk. And then Poroshenko, the chocolate king, became the first elected president after the coup. And he was buddies with Kolomoisky. And Kolowoyski promoted him and probably contributed to his getting elected. However, and we're going to get back to the story later, but in 
Oh, during that time, while while Poroshenko was president, he had to nationalize Privat Bank, which you mentioned the other day, which is a Kolomoisky operation that had received billions of dollars of Western aid. Some say three billion from the U.S., some was from the IMF, whatever. But Kolomoisky took and they were supposed to lend it to different companies according to certain protocols, but Kolomoisky funneled it through some companies in Cyprus and then funneled it to the U.S. And there's still a lawsuit out against him in the U.S. right now for all that. But there was so much corruption there that the company, the bank was about to go under and there were depositors and stuff like you can't. It's quite disruptive if you let a bank go under. So Poroshenko felt he had no choice. He nationalized the bank. He said, well, the taxpayers of Ukraine will bail the depositors out of that bank, but you can't have the bank anymore because you funneled all that money out and it's circling the drain. So the Kolomoisky didn't like him anymore and ultimately backed Zelensky. But Zelensky only ran against Poroshenko after this happened. So Zelensky, like we said, was a comedian. And in 2015, shortly after Poroshenko was elected, they Kolomoisky put a show on his channel called Servant of the People, where Zelensky played a run of the mill high school teacher who was filmed by one of his students on an anti-corruption rant, which went viral. And then that guy, this high school teacher, became president. <laughs> and then Zelensky's career track kind of followed a similar path because as he played this guy on TV, he stumbled into the presidency with the help of Kolomoisky's media network. Now, what two people does Zelensky and Kolomoisky remind me of? Trump and Zucker? Yes. Yes. So it gets worse. <laughs> In 2018, 2018, so this was even before Zelensky was elected, they went ahead, someone went ahead and established a Servants of the People party. Servants of the People was the name of the comedy. Servants of the People party. It's like if Trump was running on the, the Apprentice party. Wow. Okay. So Zelensky gets in and the way they have probably more of a parliamentary system than the way we do it. So he gets in as president, but there's nobody in parliament called the Rada who's a servant of the People party. He's got no coalition to 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 lead so he dissolves the rada and calls for all new elections and then the servant of the people party takes the majority of the seats because he won on like a 70 percent victory uh, not margin but he won 70 percent that's how he won but to back up just one second when pershenko it looked like pershenko was going to run against a like an established politician there a chick i forget her name who I think had been president before, they were about to have just a face-off, and then all of a sudden, like, 13 people enter the race and push Poroshenko down and push Zelensky up so that when there's a runoff, it's just Zelensky and Poroshenko. So there were a lot of things going on here that was highly Kolomoisky-orchestrated, seems like, to me. Then, uh, okay. So, Kolomoisky was a persona non grata 
in even the U.S., like he was known unbelievable stuff. So here's a here's a quote, I think, from Wiki. The U.S. State Department plays Cole or maybe this is from The Blaze. Glenn Beck did some work on this. The U.S. State Department placed Kolomoisky on a visa ban list, prohibiting him from entering the country due to allegations that he had ordered murders and beheadings. The oligarch had allegedly hired rowdies armed with baseball bats, iron bars, gas and rubber bullet pistols and chainsaws to intimidate rival companies. Okay, so that's Cole Moisky. Like he is a bad guy. All right. He's also the guy who was behind Pravat Bank and Pravat Bank. It looks like was the secret hidden owner of Burisma. So Burisma was where Hunter Biden and his cohorts were on the board. It was him and Devin Archer, I think, were on the board of Burisma while John Kerry was secretary of state and Biden was VP. Now. And this was while apparently Pravat Bank and Burisma might be involved in this was funneling these billions of dollars of aid. That's why when they say like Hunter Biden got $50,000 a year to sit on the board, it's like that's not what this was all about. It was about the big money behind the scenes. So one of the prosecutors there, Shokin, was trying to get to the bottom of the Burisma thing. And Biden told Poroshenko to fire him approved who he hired in place and told him to change the laws of prosecution and he would get him a billion dollar loan guarantee. And there is actually a a hidden audio where Poroshenko says, excellent, thank you very much indeed. This is exactly what I was looking for. I want to thank you that you gave me your word that immediately when we changed the legislation and I appointed the new prosecutor, uh, we agreed, as we agreed in our previous meeting, you would give us the loan guarantee, which you did. Thank you so much. This was a call between Poroshenko and Biden. So right after Hunter Biden gets on the board of Burisma, that ban on Kolomoisky's visa was lifted and he got to come and go. But he doesn't I don't even think he goes to Ukraine anymore because I believe there's still prosecution against him. But it, the thing about the Privat Bank, so they had to nationalize it because he funneled so much money. Once Zelensky got in, I think it was on Zelensky's watch. I cannot verify that. Zelensky came in in 2019. Kolomoisky in 2018 filed a suit to say, you could not have taken Privat Bank from me. You owe me billions of dollars. That was illegal. And ultimately, the court did rule that it was illegal. And Kolomoisky is claiming that they owe him $2 billion. If he gets that money, it will be an absolute freaking travesty. Um, anyway, there is a lot more. I won't get into it. Uh, I have some details about who was sitting on the board with Hunter Biden at that time. And maybe a few other little details I'll get to in the XR. I mean... It is amazing how deep the corruption is here, including Ukraine, elements in Ukraine, the U.S. Um, I think Israel might even play into it. And uh, the CIA plays a role. I'll give you a few more details in the XR. Very interesting stuff there, for sure. Do we have any shout outs? Do we have? Well, only us. Only that we're doing this Rockfin live stream with Legit Bat tonight at, I think, six o'clock Pacific. The locals live stream I'm doing five o'clock Pacific on Friday. Tomorrow's our Rockfin DNB XR live at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And our Zoom party Saturday. We have busy stuff. People could hang out with us every single day this week. You know, it would be interesting to me if one time there was a leader who rose up and then there was not this 
interweb of connections <laughs> just, just parallels to other leaders and just goes way back to all these strange, corrupt dealings. Just one time can we have one of these leaders not be connected so deeply? Well, you have them, and that's when they get assassinated. Right. That's a good point. It does happen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. That was fascinating. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about and you want to see that live stream tonight and the one tomorrow, you can go to rockfan.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.